Well, bonjour, monsieur. Oh, bonjour, monsieur Jackson. Uh, comment allez-vous? Bonjour, uh, okay. <laughs> Well, as, as you can see, I'm, I'm getting into the groove because we're heading to Paris in a couple of weeks, and, and so I'm using more French. I'm using as much French as I can. Now, the problem is, is I'm down to maybe three words. It's about, you know, that, that I can use. But that's three more than when we decided to go on the trip. So... I'm working on my French, and in the meantime, we're doing this episode of Media and Sultan, in which is going to be a real fun one. First of all, we do something we haven't ever done before. We do a format reveal for the X Odyssey station in Palm Springs with station owner Brad Fur. Brad's going to join us. It's going to be fun. Yep, first time for us. It is going to be fun. We're scooping everybody in the media trades. We've got the story. We know the truth. It's going to be today. Uh, We also are going to talk about uh, the FCC and their obvious attempt to kill the Tegna merger with Standard General. And we're going to talk about whether or not that's a rule the FCC FCC should indeed be taking. And then we get a final dig at uh, Next Gen TV, which uh, everyone thinks in the television business is the data salvation for the TV business. And we probably think not so much. So, here we go. Lots of blah, blah from the TV side of things. Good morning. We are back with another edition of Media Insultant. Our opinions, comments, and ideas on the state of radio, TV, and occasionally digital things that affect local media. In Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver, and trying to stay dry in rain-soaked, there's a phrase you never use very often, rain-soaked, Southern California, my co-host, Keith Sanders. Yes, Keith, good morning. Good morning, Jackson. We've gone... Three days without snow. Oh my gosh! You know, it's 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 springtime. Wow! It's so nice to see a little revenge on all of the great weather you've had in LA all year. You know, those of us who have been suffering through rain and everything else, it's really nice to see you guys have a comeuppance. That's right. But the drought is over. Right. There it is. The drought is over. I'm going out to water the lawn and water my wash my car. Well, good. And together, Keith and I both welcome you to the Wednesday, March 8th episode of Media Insultant. Well, this morning on Media Insultant, we welcome back one of our favorite people, one of the, frankly, one of the remaining radio entrepreneurs in our business, Keith. This guy's taken a small medium market by the horns and is really doing a killer, killer job adapting to the market and the changing media marketplace. The entrepreneur, of course, is Brad Furr and his growing Oasis marketing group, which targets the LGBTQ plus audience in Palm Springs, California. Brad launched uh, K-Gay a couple of years ago, very successful, and has just this past week announced that he has purchased KQPS from odyssey so keith noticed that brad was launching his new format on kqps this morning wednesday march 8th and thought maybe he'd do a live reveal here on media insultant for us so he agreed to do that i have no idea why but his (laughs) his format reveal we'll have in just a minute but first brad welcome back to media insultant well, it's great to be back. And Jackson, you know, you were a part of our launch of K-Gay some five years ago. And I have to tell you, um, your your expertise was invaluable. So I really appreciate uh, and learned a lot from you uh, as we navigated those uh, choppy waters back then. 
Very kind of you. I want you to know I've taken credit for all of your success. Every bit of it since then. <laughs> you have not. You've been very yeah. humble. Every episode he takes credit. You know? <laughs> have I told so, you about K-Gay? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bring us up to speed on Oasis. Fill the audience in on what Oasis is. So, so sure. So Oasis Marketing Group uh, is kind of our umbrella organization with our digital agency. Um, and it was because it has a rainbow umbrella. It is LGBTQ focused. Um, we uh, sell the same digital products or very similar digital products that many of the other large broadcasters have. We have a white label solution. And so that's the, the digital side of things. And then uh, Gay Desert Guide is also a part of that. GayDesertGuide.LGBT because uh, gay has been more expansive since I started this enterprise mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And we do a website that has been very popular over the last decade, which is uh, focusing on uh, Palm Springs as a tourist destination, as well as highlighting our local LGBTQ plus businesses. On top of that, I do, here's a little, uh, here's our, 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 our prop for the day. We do a visitor map and guide, and uh, this, is, this started out literally as a brochure, started out as a, like a racked card, mm -hmm. and, uh, and these are all the uh, LGBT-focused events that are happening uh, in March. Let's see, we've got Fashion Week, El Paseo, Red Dress Dress Red Party, the International Gay Hockey Tournament coming to town at our new AcraSure Arena, uh, all kinds of things happening. And then um, uh, because of uh, you and uh, my need to get back into radio, five years ago, uh, I, I jumped in and we... Uh, formed and started uh, K-Gay as a nonprofit part of a company called Cuchella Media. Uh, we left that organization, and then uh, three and a half years later, I bought it from the owner, Greg Smith, mm -hmm. and, uh, and now I've had it for a little over a year and a half and uh, didn't want to rest on my laurels, so I decided to buy Odyssey's KQPS. So KQPS had a format that was competitive with yours. How is it? And they both, both the KGA and KQPS launched. They call it Channel Q. They launched it the same day. <laughs> How was it you came to buy KQPS from Odyssey of all people? Well, it, you know, I, I'd had my eye on it. One because they were competitor of ours, both for listeners and for advertisers. Uh, they had a gentleman named Rod Rob Zavitka, who was a very formidable. Uh, general sales manager. He really predated it back when it was an AC station called Sunny for Odyssey, mm. and pulled a lot of revenue. This this he generated a ton of revenue. He and his team over the years, and uh, and he navigated the waters well into the LGBTQ space when they launched Channel Q. He was very adaptive, had great relationships in the market, and so they were uh, formidable for a while in terms of pulling dollars out. And then in terms of listeners, they never really caught on. Mm -hmm. uh, we ended up with a 3.7 share in the last book. They had a 0. 0.8, I think, in the last book. Uh, so they never really caught on uh, for a lot of reasons. But um, as Odyssey started, uh, as first Rob left. He moved to the Midwest and uh, with his wife, and he's market manager at some stations there. Um, that was kind of the death knell from the revenue standpoint. They never were able to replace him. And then uh, from a marketing standpoint and an on-air standpoint, in December, they let the entire Channel Q air staff go. 
There were some really good personalities on there, people that we knew from the LGBTQ plus community. And so um, that was the time that I'd already had conversations with Odyssey. But at that time, I came back to them and said, I'm really interested in buying this. They were a single station. Odyssey had only one station. Clear Channel or iHeartRadio has nothing in this market, believe it or not. Um, and I went to them and uh, my first offer was rejected. Uh, their legal counsel said, you come back with your best offer and we're not going to negotiate. We're going to say yes or no, and that will be it. And so I came back to them with another offer in late December. Um, they took it to the market managers. Market manager said, I think we should negotiate. He said, nope. I told him we were either going to say yes or no. And they decided uh, right at Christmas time, I got the, the call literally, I think, right at the New Year's Day or the day after. And they said, we're ready to sell. Well, congratulations. That is fabulous. Now comes the challenge of <laughs> what do you do with it? Keith, do you want to um, do the formal introduction of Brad and his new format? Go ahead. You, <laughs> well, you know, congratulations, Brad. And, and, uh, and what a great add to your, 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 your growing business uh, in the Coachella Valley. And that's, that's fantastic. And, um, you know, I think this, you uh, really, we're really excited at Media Insultants to Thank see you. kind of how this next step goes for you and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and how this will help, uh, you know, drive business and, 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 you know, more audiences. And, and I'm glad the station's in your hands. That's fantastic. Um, but you've been simulcasting um, uh, on both frequencies uh, since Monday, earlier this week, when you finally you took it over, I guess, last week, and now you, you, you started simulcasting on Monday and stunting and doing some fun things. Yeah. But this morning, you debut a new format in Palm Springs and, and the Coachella Valley. So what's it going to be, Brad? What's, where, where are we going and what can we, uh, what can we listen to now on, uh, on, wow. uh, on, on your new station? Well, let's see. Let's turn it up and see what's playing right now. Name that tune. Name that tune. Oh, oh wait a boy. minute. Come take on. a little love. Come it's going to take a little love. Is that what that was? A lot of love by lot of love. Larson. There you go. Yeah. So the, uh, the station is 103.1 Me TV FM. And explain the format, if you would. So MeTV FM is a station, uh, is the right. format, and that it comes from the MeTV television format, which is Memorable Entertainment Television. Weigel Broadcasting in Chicago created this format. It's done very well in television. And then they got what's called a Franken-FM. It's 87.7. It's not even a real FM frequency. Some cars don't even go that low. Um, but in this case... Um, they've been highly successful competing in that Chicago market with uh, with literally, uh, you know, a low-power FM station from the Hancock, I believe. And they've made it really do well. And so Rick O'Dell, the program director, and I have known each other for years. I thought this would be a perfect format in Palm Springs to position ourselves against uh, Marker Broadcasting's Cool 95.9. There's a classic hit station that uh, Alpha has. And then Mod FM, which is also Alpha's nostalgia station. So this will, I think, really pull from all three of those. Yeah, it's a good. It's a it's a very broad playlist, Brad. And I think that's that's probably the thing you're that you find most appealing is is that it's playing a lot of stuff that nobody else is playing. It's a much broader list. Is that an accurate statement? That that is very accurate, and it really uh, complements what Chris Schiebel has done with uh, KK. 
Uh, it uh, uh, complements what Chris Schiebel has done with KG1065 with a very broad music library of dance hits. And I really believe that in many cases, radio stations need to be broader. They need to broaden out. In these days of Spotify and, mm-hmm. you know, you have access to all these uh, uh, pieces of music, why would you burn 250 records over and over again. It just doesn't make sense. And I believe that stations like MeTV and K-Gay are really what's going to save radio. Good, good. Well, great. Congratulations. And uh, it's, 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 we, I was listening, you know, over the last couple of days and prepping for it. It's just a lot of fun to listen to. Great songs you haven't heard in a long time. And I'm old enough to remember the day that we played Lot of Love for the first time ever on the radio anywhere in America on KNX-FM. Uh, here wow. in Los Angeles, back in the late seventies, and uh, and it was all about Nicolette. She was so cute, yeah. Yes. But yep. uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. So what a coincidence! Well, but you. congratulations, Brad, and thank you, uh, thank you very and, much. Uh, let's hope the market. Uh, what's the feedback? Are you getting good feedback already? Very good feedback. Yeah, it's it's you know it's very new, but everybody we've been talking to uh, really thinks it's great. Hang on, all. I think I've got a refrigerator magnet. Right back here, so I can do the reveal. Oh, there it is. There it is. 103.1. All right. Another another case of shameless promotion from Brad Fur. (laughs) Thank you, gentlemen. Good to talk to you. And you too. Thanks for revealing with us. We really appreciated your time. Go have a good morning. Thank you, Brad. Knock him dead, buddy. Take care. Well, bonjour again, Keith. It was uh, great having Brad join us and uh, talk about his new format, MeTV 103.1 in Palm Springs. And uh, we also found out, this is another new reveal, uh, 600000 was the price Brad paid for the station from Odyssey. And here was last week we spoke of Ed Stoltz claiming to the court that his FM station was worth $5 million. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think at the time we said he's overestimating by ten, a multiple of ten, and that was pretty pretty close. You were, yeah, you were real close, but uh, but good for Brad. Um, made a great buy, I think. Um, and uh, you know, Odyssey obviously had abandoned the market for you know pretty much. They canceled. You know, they they fired their on air staff. There was, was being managed remotely, so uh, it's a good move for everybody all around. You know, Odyssey gets out. Uh, Brad picks up another station, and let's hope that the. The, uh, the variety on MeTV FM finds, a, finds a, an audience niche for him. So he's going to try to pull from uh, three or four other radio stations. Let's, we'll keep an eye on it and wish him luck. Well, it makes a nice compliment to what he's already doing in the market, too. And I think that's a, that's a real big factor. Okay, we're going to move on now, Keith, to the other part of the business, which is television. You know the Ooh. one with pictures? Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Well, so there has been a deal that has been brewing for about a year now. And we've watched the proposed purchase of Tegna, that's the TV group owner, Standard General, who basically has taken over all the Cox stations, uh, another large group owner, uh, last week or a year ago has decided, tried to buy the Tegna. They want to combine them, and the combination has been very controversial. Yeah. And they got some very bad news last week, and that was that the FCC had assigned the sale of Tegna to an administrative review. And that is the kiss of death, right? Yeah, apparently, apparently, and that's what uh, that's what has the uh, the head of uh, Standard General, uh, Mr. Kim, uh, really upset that now the fate of his purchase is not going to be brought before the the FCC commissioners for a vote, 
uh, public vote. Uh, it's now in the hands of an administrative law judge that works for the FCC, and, and he's, he's pretty upset by that development. Well, what, what's your feeling on this? Should an administrative judge in the FCC be in a position to decide whether a business deal should be closed, should be transacted? Is that, is that an appropriate place for an admin judge to do? Well, at, at one point, that, that was probably a role of the FCC, but, it, but we've seen uh, you know, so much change in the advertising business and the broadcast business, for sure, that, it, it, you know, that this kind of decision doesn't make much sense to be held up by, you know, uh, by, by that you know, commission. So, uh, yeah, maybe we, you know, we've moved on, but apparently they still claim the ability to nix this deal. And by the way, it's Apollo that owns Cox. Apollo, Apollo is... Is, is brought along with Standard General as an investor in this purchase, right? They're backing up Standard General to a certain extent. Uh, Tegna started business as the Gannett Group. That was the, the television group owned by Gannett. And Gannett spun it off from their newspaper business because the newspaper business is a boat anchor and they wanted their TV business to soar. So it's a separate division, I guess, or even a separate company now, but it's owned by Gannett. And that's where Tegna comes in. It's, it's, a, it's a complicated play. But what we're seeing now is all this, um, the need on a number of levels, and, and I'd like you to kind of kind of go through kind of why television needs to and has been consolidating, you know, and kind of catching up to where radio is so that they can, I guess, compete. What, what, what's causing this, this need to consolidate television so much? Well, I'm not sure it's television. I think all mature industries consolidate. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're talking about the lumber distribution business or uh, the uh, steel business or the automotive business. It just doesn't matter. There's always the need to consolidate when when businesses get mature, margins get hard, harder and harder to find. And we've seen what's happened with uh, television. You know, it used to be a phenomenal margin business mm-hmm. and, you know, not so much anymore. And really challenging now because uh, Retrans is under a lot of threat for a whole variety of reasons. And uh, the business is making their efforts at NextGen, which is taking a big investment. And nobody fig- can figure out where that's going to go. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's my opinion, Keith, that – and by the way, thank you for clarifying the Apollo-Cox relationship with Standard Generals. Yeah, it, it's a bit confusing. So thank you for the clarity. But they walked into the room at the wrong time. Mm. I think they would have uh, slid through under the last administration. But, you know, the politics are killing this. Only four commissioners, so you know it's going to be a deadlock at best. Yep. And, you know, the objections that are being filed against it are, you know, somewhat legit. They talk they're worried about it killing more newsroom jobs. And, frankly, there's no way to control that. You know, Technic can say, oh, no, we're not going to fire anybody. But they, you know, there's attrition, and we just can't find anybody. We've been looking, but we just can't fill that position. So there's a lot of attrition in the biz, and I think you would see that happening. And and the other big concern is that's being raised is cable rates would go up because of the way the retrans agreements are passed on from one group to another. Uh-huh. and uh, And possibly – they could have more leverage with cable deals for retrans. But as we've said at some some length, retrans is already in trouble, mm-hmm. and uh, Tegna agreed to doing no increases. So yeah, and the, and the cable guys are going. Look, we're you guys. You, you know, we don't have as many subs, therefore you're not getting as much reach. So we're not paying you as much anymore. You know, we're not going to pay any. We're not going to raise retrans fees ever. We're and you're going to be lucky if you keep the retrans fees you have now. In fact. 
they're going to go down. Well, and exactly. And, and, and the cable systems are saying to the television operators, you know, nobody's watching your shows. I mean, they yeah. were 10 years ago when we first started doing retrans, or 20 years ago, but not now. Yeah, so it's a double-edged sword. They've got cord cutting, so you don't have the subscriber base to these cable systems that the TV guys used to have to want to have access to. And secondly, is your, their ratings suck? So why, <laughs> why are we paying? Why are we paying you guys more when no one's watching you? You're right, and it's you know they're and and so the cable guys are kind of you know they're competing with the streamers, and the TV guys are, are think really are they thinking that their future is. Going out and getting a, a, an old technology, a, a set of an antenna for my, t, my for my 4G Sony Bravia that I'm going to switch off from cable and go watch Channel Four, Five, Six. It's crazy. I don't, I don't see how that's going to work. Well, it, it, I think the deal is kind of dead. And uh, and the interesting thing now will be because Tegna's already said they're in play. Now the question is. Is this a Byron Allen of Allen Media? Is this a play for him? He has been dying to buy stations. And it seems every time a group comes up for sale, someone else gets in the driver's seat. And Byron keeps thinking it's because he's with a he's got a black-owned organization that he hasn't been able to have dibs on this. So it'll be really interesting. And he's been raising a lot of Democratic money. So what do you think? Is Byron Allen the next buyer of Tegna when this deal folds up? Uh, I guess it depends if Tegna wants to sell. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, can he bring the big bucks to convince them to to, uh, to sell this? And does he have the managerial wherewithal to run it? Um, and I don't know that his team is capable at this point. I mean, it's it's you know, it's uh, Kim is bringing along a CEO to run it, uh, who seems to have the the uh, wherewithal and the experience to be able to run Tegna. Uh, a woman, but you know, so, hey, maybe somebody's going to put the money up for Byron to do it. He clearly hasn't been able to do it on his own. Does he want more stations? I assume he does. So it could, it does make sense politically and on paper. But does it make sense financially and from a, from a managerial talent standpoint? Well, Technic clearly is interested in selling. There's no question about that. And uh, I think Byron would come back and probably have a sweeter deal than what Standard General had. Interest rates have changed a lot, and he's got a real simple statement to Tegna. Yep. Who else is showing up at the table? So, yeah, it could default It could default to uh, Allen Media Group. Keith, a final word of wisdom for our friends trying to make next-gen TV viable, speaking of television. <laughs> you know, we've heard all the noise about moving TV into the next generation of data transmission. I think one of your year-end predictions is next year, this year, would be a flurry of publicity around next-gen television. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the year of next-gen. It's the, it's the year of next-gen. Everybody says, what are you talking about? Well, this word of wisdom comes from none other than Steve Jobs, the former, obviously, founder of Apple. In one of his speeches uh, that I caught a couple of days ago, he said he made an interesting point. He said that technology is only successful when it fulfills consumer demand, and the demand has to be there first. It never works the other way around when engineers get into a room and say, so how do we use this technology? And, you know, I started thinking about it, and he's right in so many ways. A real good example is QR codes. QR codes have been around for decades, right? Yeah, yeah. But until consumers use them as substitutes for menus during the pandemic, it was pretty much ignored. And now you see QR codes on everything from packaging to billboards. You know, it's just it, TV spots. To event you see tickets. QR codes over. Yeah. Exactly. 
So the TV position, business is positioning NextGen as a data delivery system. That's what they keep saying. And for as long as they've been moving stations to that format, to that standard, and spending hundreds of millions of dollars, you and I have yet over the years to hear one compelling use for next-gen TV that can't already be done by existing technology. Right. Uh, the most compelling one that I heard was you can watch TV at 70 miles an hour in your car. <laughs> okay. So, can I do now that, that now? Yeah, exactly. I, you know. <laughs> and and so anyway, I'm not going to pick any more on next gen. I just want to remind them that they're going to have to come up with a really compelling consumer reason if it's going to yeah. be successful. Well, and we had we had a, an expert voice and opinion when we first started talking about this, and I, I forget who it was, but the quote was, "Look, look who he's comp- look who they're competing against in terms of data delivery." Yeah, but hey, if you're a television station, you got to get into something, some other business because no one's watching your TV station, no one's watching your news. You can't survive purely on live sports, although they're going to try to do that. Uh, and that may be what saves television is live sports. That may be it. That may be indeed it. And speaking of it, that is it for That's Media Consultants this week. <laughs> That's it for us. We're a production of, media, uh, of InTown Media. You can find the podcast anywhere. Videos are in the Media Insultant Showcase under in Vimeo. Mm-hmm. Drop a new show each Wednesday. Brad, we wish Brad Fur and his new station lots of luck and the best of success. Brad knows we've got his back. So, Keith, until next week, as as they say in France, passe and bon day. Now, that means have a good week. Or I Au think revoir. it does. <laughs> Au revoir. Au revoir. All right, it was so, a great day. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you, Keith. See you soon, pal. Mm-hmm.